0: In this episode, Kiryu has an unpleasant visit to a public restroom. Date gets hammered, and somebody comes back from the dead.
1: I'm feeling hammered is quite literally, but also, who has pleasant experiences in the bathroom? (laughs) Thank
0: you for coming back from our replay reviews. My name is Leah. And my name is Kathy. We are two friends who are here to replay, review, and analyze your favorite video games. And since Kathy has never seen the games before, it helps me view them through her fresh eyes, almost like I'm discovering them again for the
1: first time. We hope it'll be a similar experience for you.
0: We're back in time again during Kiryu's absence to see Nishiki's perspective once again. He's talking to his sister's doctor. It sounds like her best chance for survival is a $30 million black market
1: heart for a transplant. So we first see Nishiki slapping woman and now potentially harvesting organs. (laughs) And so its I feel like it's a slippery slope. He's just going to go downhill from here. To be
0: fair, I don't think he's doing the harvesting. (laughs) I think he's just (laughs) funding the harvesting. It's not any better. (laughs) It's a little bit better. It's a a sliver. We then see Nishiki begging with his top guy to earn the $30 and he says that he doesn't care how, he just needs it. Is this giving him too much power?
1: Of course, this guy was waiting for this chance, like the fact that he was stepping on Nishiki's head. I feel like this is probably the start of Nishiki pissing Kazama off. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if Matsushigi if that's his name, if he betrays Kazuma and Nishiki has to take the blame for it. I just feel like Nishiki doesn't have much power right now and he's in panic mode.
0: Yeah, he's in a tough spot. He doesn't have enough time to earn power. And so this is why he's on the floor begging. But the the stepping on his head is so unnecessary. That's beyond disrespectful.
1: But the thing is, I don't understand why Nishiki didn't go to Kazuma or Kashiwagi to ask for help or anyone else. Why go to the one guy who, you know, he's getting for your spot and doesn't even look up to you? Well, that brings up a good point. Why didn't he go to Kazuma?
0: Did he not think he would do anything for him? Or maybe he's gone to him for help before and he didn't do anything? I don't know, but it seems like, yeah, you would go to a father figure... So maybe he isn't as I don't know as much of a father figure to Nishiki as he is to Kiryu. I don't
1: know. I think Nishiki knows that Kazama probably fears uh, Kiryu more, and by going to him, just kind of shows that he's not powerful enough. Although, why would you even blame Nishiki for needing money when the surgery is outrageously expensive and it's for his sister, who Kazama should know. So it's not only his fault, and I don't understand why you wouldn't help him. Alright,
0: we are back to present day. Shinji calls Kiryu at Serena to tell him that he's on the run with an unconscious Cosma. He says he's going to hide him somewhere safe because he believes it had to be someone inside the Tojo clan that shot him. Any thoughts on this?
1: First of all, I love... Shinji for taking the initiative to actually help Kazama, unlike (laughs) everyone else just watching him bleed out. Shinji calling Kiryu and telling him what his plans are shows his loyalty is with Kiryu that he believes that Kiryu didn't shoot him. So, uh, yay for Shinji. Kiryu heads to
0: West Park after Date suggested that he head there to meet the florist of Sai, an information broker. So this guy has a whole secret city? What the heck is going on here? First of all, I, I need you to tell me, how are we feeling about his, his choice in clothing? He is, um, he's comfortable with his body. <laughs> he's got a choice outfit on. It's unique, but yeah, good for him. He offers Kiryu the information that he's looking for on the missing money and Mizuki and Yumi. If he can beat three fighters in the underground fighting ring. But of course he succeeds and the florist tells him, number one, that Sarah covered up the robbery of the 10 billion yen and Nishiki exposed it. He says that his best guess is that Nishiki is the one who killed Sarah and that Yumi stole the money. And he says that because Tojo Intel says that Mizuki closed Aris and vanished right before the robbery. So I have a question because during all of this, he says that he wouldn't be surprised if Nishki is gunning to be the next chairman. But so far from what we've heard, Nishki wants to go
1: independent. So what do you think his motive is? Here's where my theory comes in. All these rumors is something that Sarah and Nishki are doing and spreading, and it's all part of a plan. I'm thinking that Sarah told Nishki to expose this amount of missing money during that emergency meeting. And it's fine if we spread some rumors saying that you're the one killing me and you're gunning for like the next position for the chairman just to start some civil war within the Tojo clan. And if people know that Nishiki killed Sarah because he wants to be the next person, whether or not that's the case, it's going to get people to start freaking out and trying to start fighting amongst each other. While Sarah is going to be safe because he's theoretically dead in this case. I think he just is using his name as a way to start some of the civil war. Nishki's using his own name to start? I guess, uh, like spreading rumors out there that he's the one who wants to sit in the next position. Like, he's gunning for the position. Well, that's my question though, because this is the first time that
0: we've heard that that's what he's planning to do. Because Kazuma... Mm-hmm. And people associated with Cosmo have said that he wants to go independent
1: and form his own clan, essentially. I think that Nishiki personally wants to be independent, but for the sake of Sarah, he's going to start saying that I want this position. So you think he's helping
0: or he's using Sarah to get what he wants?
1: I think he's helping Sarah. Okay.
0: Next thing we know, a bleeding Date shows up at the entrance to West Park. They check footage to see what happened to him, and see that he got shot by some guys who kidnapped Haruka. But with Date facing some unsavory park-goers, Kiryu comes to the rescue, at which point Date tells him that the men who took Haruka were from the Majima family.
1: What is Majima doing? (laughs) Like, there's other ways to provoke Kiryu into a fight. Why would you kidnap an innocent child to do that? I I think he's just bored, honestly. (laughs)
0: And then the florist tells him that the van stopped at the batting cages, so that's where Kiryu heads next. Kiryu arrives at the batting cages where Majima and his men are waiting for him. Uh, So yeah, it sounds like he took Haruka just to have a reason for Kiryu to fight him.
1: Do we need to talk about the baseball? I mean, if you're walking in there, why wouldn't you turn those machines off? You know,
0: it's Majima. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why does he not do some things and do others? I don't know, but it's hilarious. He gets hit square in the head with the baseball. They're talking it out a little bit after the fight. And one of Majima's men runs at Kiryu with a knife. But Majima is not happy about it, so he moves in front of Kiryu and gets stabbed in his place.
1: I think that if I hadn't watched Y-C-O to know how cool Majima was and everything... I would think he's like crazy to the borderline annoying how he just (laughs) stirs the pot in this and drags other people into this chaotic realm of chaos. I don't know how (laughs) else to explain it. It's just he's just everywhere and creating troubles just so an opportunity to fight with Kirio. But here's
0: another question. Obviously Majima knows if not who Haruka is. That she's important to Kiryu. So do you think that he's figured this out on his own? Or was this kidnapping at all ordered by Shimano? So my question is, who knows about all the stuff going on involving Haruka? Do you think Shimano knows about it? Or is Majima just keeping that good of an eye on Kiryu?
1: I think he's just obsessed with Kiryu and doesn't need Shimano to tell him orders. But even if Shimano told him to kidnap... Haruka and everything. I don't know if Majima would still carry out the orders. I know he previously said that Shimano would say jump and I'd say how high. But I, at the same time, I feel like Majima is his own man. And even if Shimano told him to do something, if Majima doesn't agree, he's not going to do it.
0: Yeah, I-, I think you're right. Because when at the funeral, when we know that Shimano told Majima, you're like, oh, you got to help stop here, you. He sort of saves face with Shimano by, like, getting in a fight with him, but he lets him go. And then, if this was kidnapping was ordered by Shimano, he does the kidnapping, again, saving face, but then lets her go. So, it seems like either way, he does what he wants, and he's just trying to keep the boss happy. Kiryu and Haruka are reconnected, and she tells him and Date that some guy she didn't recognize set her free and asked her if she still had the pendant. He also told her to take care of it because it's worth a billion yen, and to tell Kiryu about it. First question, is this more proof that there is a plan in the works, and Haruka and Kiryu are just pawns? Because clearly this person knew where Haruka was, and who Kiryu is.
1: I have a good feeling, I feel like this guy who came to tell Haruka to run, is Kashiwagi, because of like the... The body shape and, and being involved in playing but also smart enough to carry on his own actions and everything okay another parallel Makoto's the key to the empty lot and they're all fighting to find her and in this case everyone's fighting to find the pendant which if they all understand that why aren't they protecting the pendant even a bit more why are they just letting a child protect this with her life I think they just found out about the importance of it. I
0: think she just found out about the importance of it. And this is when we see a flashback to when Yumi gave the pendant to Haruka. And she told her to tell nobody about it. We know that Yumi gave her the pendant and the code to get up to the bar. And now this guy is telling her that she know that he knows about the pendant and to tell Kiryu. So we're all... Of them connected, are these two people connected to Haruka? And they're just using Haruka
1: to, like, smuggle this pendant? I'm gonna base this off the assumption that Haruka really is Misuki's daughter. And I think the reason why that this is all happening and Haruka's involved is that all Mizuki's wealth and everything that's hers, all those assets are all going to be Haruka's. And so that's why she needs Yumi to tell them like 100% of everything goes to her. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going to go with this theory, <laughs> but that's that's I'm going to start the theory out here and I'll, I'll wrap it up when I get more information. It's a theory in progress.
0: All right. So chapter six, we are back in time again to see where Nishiki is at. Turns out Matsushige took Nishiki's word of by any means necessary to heart, as he has been encroaching on Kashiwagi's territory. Nishiki's pissed. This is maybe the first time we see him actually be kind of assertive. But it doesn't work. He throws Nishiki to the ground and says, you can't do anything on your own. Do you think Matsushige is just 100% an ass? Or do you think it was actually necessary for him to... And encroach on kashiwagi's territory or is he doing that as
1: a lesson to nishiki to say like you better be careful what you what you say i think mazushige is just trying to piss off everyone that nishiki would rely on just so that they all get rid of nishiki and a certain him well i think he's just power hungry mm-hmm. to start taking other people's lane
0: power hungry and butthurt yeah because i think he's a little upset mm-hmm. that nishiki got a family and he didn't
1: I don't think he actually cares for Nishiki whether he learns a lesson. I think it's just an opportunity for him to flex on Nishiki.
0: Okay. So you don't think there's any of him wanting to like help Nishiki grow the family? there's no kindness in his heart. Well, (laughs) we'll wait, we'll wait, though. Because there is selfishness to, to this. If he helps Nishiki be a better patriarch, it helps their family grow. So do you think there's any any part of him who's trying to get Nishiki
1: to be a stronger patriarch so that he can benefit off of it. I don't know exactly how how taking over someone's family works, but maybe the only reason he would help him is so that once the family's bigger, he's going to throw Nishiki out and just take over and like change names. And then mm-hmm. now that they've already established a bigger family, then he can just say, it's my family now.
0: Yeah. It's hard to tell if he's full-on just trying to sabotage Nishiki, which I think is probably the most likely scenario, or if he's trying to sabotage Kazuma and Kashiwagi for passing him over. Maybe it's both. We then see Kashiwagi really letting Nishiki have it, but he does ultimately forgive Nishiki as long as it never happens again. But he also comments, this would have never happened if it were Kiryu. And that seems to hit Nishiki pretty
1: hard. It does. They're brothers, but they're also competitors. And I think deep down, Nishiki knew that Kazuma and Kashiwagi always favored Kiryu a bit more. But this is one of the beginnings of those final straws that lead up to pissing Nishiki off enough that he's not going to care about them anymore. Show sure, respect. And I think that this is what also drives the wedge between his bromance between (laughs) Kiryu and Nishiki. And it also kind of explains that smear. Because Nishiki, at that time when he was smirking at Kiryu, he's already at a better spot than him. So I feel like you can see why that he did what he did. Even though Kiryu was in jail, Kiryu was still the favorite of Mm -hmm. the leaders.
0: Well, yeah, it would be hard. I mean, Nishi's, from what we've seen, pretty much gone his whole life being like Kiryu's shadow, but we haven't really Mm -hmm. seen anything that Kiryu has done to to earn that, I feel like, because the events of Yakuza 0 were all Kazuma's plan, so you could surmise that even at that point, Kazuma was more focused on Kiryu, and I mean, he, he didn't tell Nishiki about the plan, never approached him. Never told him, like, oh, don't do this, don't do that. So I was like, what did Kiryu do to make Kazuma like him so much better? Like, I can't imagine being Nishi in that situation. Well, Kiryu is summoned to the florist, where he is tasked with helping the florist's son, Takashi, and his girlfriend, Kyoka, shake off some Yakuza. So he gets to the florist's office... The florist kind of explains a little bit what's going on, and he's watching a feed of his son and his girlfriend. And Kiryu walks up and looks at the monitor and says, she's a nice girl. He's got good taste. Ew!
1: It's It's a bit too creepy for me.
0: It's like he forgot 10 years went by when he was in prison. Like, you're not 30 anymore, which would still be a little creepy. But then it's even worse. The florist is like, yeah, she's she's a good one or something. Like his response is equally like, do we have to?
1: It's terrible locker room talk.
0: <laughs> After that, um, a little bit of awkwardness, we find out that Kyoka is the daughter of a Yakuza patriarch and has stolen some money from him. So, of course, the Yakuza are chasing her to get it back. And then on the way to go find them and help them, Kiryu bumps into <laughs> Tamara? Who was supposed to be dead, and he tells Kiryu that the florist faked his death so that he could work for the florist. I don't understand.
1: It was a useless interaction.
0: Yeah, well, and this guy we met for like five seconds, maybe ten, at the beginning of the game, and then we learned from his buddy Aoki that he supposedly is dead after looking into Kiryu's case. I'm like, is there any more importance to this character? I literally forgot who he was. Right. And I had to ask you, who is this guy? (laughs) It's weird, but I guess, yay, good news. Someone's not dead. He does make it to Takashi and Kyoka and eventually saves them. And then Kiryu gets a call from Reina, and she says that Date is at Serena blackout drunk. Kiryu's back (laughs) to being tasked again with helping with some uh, father-child relationships. Rana tells Kiryu that Date was supposed to meet his daughter, Saya. So Kiryu goes to find her. Turns out she's kind of, sort of, trying to be a prostitute. To pay some guy back. (laughs) I mean, anything from you so far, it's been a lot to take in.
1: Not much, but you're wondering, what the heck happened? It's really random, it's
0: really weird. But Kiryu does track down this guy. And it turns out that he is a host that Saya likes. And he's paid her tab using a loan he took out but then also Date shows up out of nowhere <laughs> seemingly not blackout drunk anymore and he kind of blows it he really blows it with Saya, who's upset with him she's a brat she's <laughs> I just was irritated at her I agree with you but at the same time Date was blackout drunk when he was supposed to meet with her that's <laughs> <was> pretty bad <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Not I'm not a fan of Date, though I will say that.
0: <laughs> but Date is able to get the name of the loan shark out of uh whatever his I didn't write his name down. I guess I didn't think his name was worth Was it Shota? Go- Shoya, yeah, I think. One of I those. Know. Show something. He's able to get the name of the loan shark that Show something <laughs> took the loan from. So Date finds him. But he doesn't come back for a while, so Kiryu takes Saya to go after him. So we get to this, the loan Shark office, right? Data's being attacked. It seems like... Oh, it is Shota. I wrote his name. I wrote his name down here. It's, it's Shota. Oh. It seems like he's running things. So it, has he been scamming Saya this whole time? Because we were told that he owned the loan Shark money, but now it seems like he's collecting
1: for him almost. I feel like I' think I'm collecting. I think he is the loan shark owner that he purposely makes himself an innocent and says that, oh i it was because of you that I am taking all this money out, and you need to pay me back like on the flip side, he also is the loan shark. he's borrowing from himself mm-hmm. and then adding the interest, so he makes his victims feel pressured to pay off the interest. Kideo should take a bat to his head. <laughs>
0: By the way, before we get too far, Saya does try to run away, but she gets jumped by some people, by the Lone Shark people, and Date and Kiryu are are coming to her rescue, and one of them (laughs) says to them, pointing out their old men, and saying, I hope you've got a will, (laughs) before they fight them. I thought it was a great line. Fantastic. But we then see one of the best moments in the whole series...
1: The door kick. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fantastic.
0: I'm sure we'll post a video of it. But Kiryu kicks the door open, and some poor man is standing on the other side of that door, and he just... he takes flight. He goes flying. It's hilarious. <laughs> Kiryu and Date fight off the bad guys, and Date and Saya make up. After he slaps her, of course. I feel like you might have some comments about that.
1: I feel a bit split in terms of how I feel because I was not supportive of <laughs> Ishiki slapping Reina, Totally uncalled for. But in this instance, I don't like how he slaps her, but she did get into a lot of mess and if it wasn't for her date, she would have ended up having to do a lot of things against her will. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that she's grateful that Her dad saved her and that she probably has a better relationship with her dad. I feel like the slap was a wake up call that she needed (laughs) to show how wrong she was. Mm -hmm. But I think that he could have handled it better. It's also a bit of a hypocrite because you say that you're her father, but yet you've done nothing to be her father the last 10 years. Was it 10 years that he left Mm -hmm. them? So I feel like he doesn't really have much ground to stand on in saying that I'm your father when he hasn't been acting like one for the last 10 years. Yeah,
0: I think they're both not doing a great job, but hopefully they will after this incident. There's a surprising amount of slaps in this game, I'm realizing. But later on, Date is at the police station, where I think he's threatened to stop working on the Sarah case. And then he leaves the room, and after he has left, two suits come out of another room where they have been eavesdropping, apparently. And from conversation, it sounds like they know Kiryu and Date are connected, and they think Kiryu kidnapped
1: Haruka? Is that what you gathered from this? From what I understand watching it, it seems like those two people are either Yakuza or some other organization, and it seems like they're trying to get to the pendant, but they don't know how. And all they know is that Date, Kiryu, Sarah, and... All the stuff there, it's all interconnected, but they just don't know what Mm -hmm. it is. But they also have the police under their thumbs that they can help.
0: Okay. So here's what I believe we know so far about this, about these two guys. Someone submitted an anonymous missing person report, which I'm assuming was Haruka, is the one who's missing. Who submitted it? We don't know. And then the first guy says to pseudo- Is this something Division 1 can take on? So I think Sudo is a cop, but in a different division than Date. The guy who says that to him, I have no idea if he's part of the police or what organization. So it seems like
1: someone is trying to get Kiryu arrested and probably get to Haruka. And how does the police know about all this stuff without having Yakuza connections? Because right now it's the Yakuza that's really after Haruka and... The police don't really know about that. Even if they know there's a missing persons report, without those connections, they wouldn't know why and and how and who is kidnapping mm-hmm. Haruka. And so I'm I'm curious how the police know all this stuff. We don't
0: know a whole lot, but we know something's up. Hopefully Date is not in danger. I know you don't really love him so far.
1: Do you blame me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did save Kiryu. But yeah, he kind of botched it. He... He was blackout drunk when his he was supposed to meet his daughter. He let Haruka get kidnapped, and he was supposed to be watching Raina, and that's when he got blackout drunk. So, <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's not doing good. Well, anything else you want to talk about before we close it out? Not much. I think this episode is pretty chill.
0: It's a lot of I don't want to say filler, but filler. <laughs> This is the best word I can think of. It's a lot of stuff that doesn't immediately seem important to the story. But we'll see if it connects later on. Don't forget to look for Majima in our YouTube thumbnails. Let us know on Instagram or email us. Check out, contact us through our website. If you find all of them, we might give you something. Depends how many people are trying, but the next gameplay should be up now. Majimo is harder to find this week, and he will keep getting harder, but he's still there. I promise. Anything else, or should we log off?
1: I think that's it. I will count us off. Audacity on one, three, two, one. Thank you for listening,
0: and don't forget to send in any questions, comments, or game suggestions. You can find all our contact info
1: on our website, replayreviewspod.com, or contact us directly through our site. Did we completely miss something? Are we way off the mark? or you just want us to take a deeper look at anything from the game. We'll tackle any topics you all want to hear in our season wrap-up episode.
0: We also have a Reddit where we discuss anything we're curious about. Go take a look and let us know what you're thinking. Our theme music is Condemned by Eggy Toast. They'll play you out and we'll be back next week.